Mama says that alligators are ornery because they got all them teeth but no toothbrush. Once again, things that could have been brought to my attention yesterday! I must go where I am invited, or I would be too lonely. Hello, and welcome to Little Marty, the only podcast on the internet dedicated to covering the works of Adam Sandler and Martin Scorsandler. My name is Eric Halloween. And my name is Jeremy the Butcher. You know... When you're coming up, I, I got to start preparing uh, uh, these some of these openings ahead of time. I, I sure. think that one was a little flat, you know. Yeah, just reading it. Yeah, it was. I'm <laughs> not going to lie dr- to a you. Dry quote. It was terrible, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> but perhaps it's fitting for uh, for such a film mm. as The Age of Innocence. Yes, more like The uh, Age of Boredom. No, I'm kidding. I I uh, I <laughs> I don't dislike this movie. <laughs> I don't dislike it either, but I um I do I I don't dislike it, but I also found it to be boring at the same time. Mm, mm-hmm. So uh yeah, but we'll get into that. Jeremy, I was listening to another podcast uh, <laughs> recently, and I couldn't help but notice how how good they were at um at the beginning of the show. You know, we talk about this Patreon, and we'll get into it. Sure, sure. But at the beginning of the show, I, I was listening to this podcast, and it was like the first ten minutes was uh was uh, them, like, telling their listeners to, like, review them on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and subscribe and follow them on, you know, Twitter and stuff. Right. So I want to do that, Jeremy. I want to I I tell our listeners right now, follow us. <laughs> uh, no, don't follow us. Sub- subscribe to us. Subscribe to us uh-huh. on... <laughs> whatever you're listening to this on because that means that you'll continue to see what episodes yeah. we're doing and you're going to eventually you, may, you might not listen after this episode but a few months down the road you might be like hey these guys are covering click Eric, that's my favorite I movie I guarantee you that this is no one's first episode if this is your first episode <laughs> that you're coming in cold to the age of the innocence episode you got to reach out to us and let us know yeah Please do, and and the way to reach out to us is uh, at Hubie Halloween One mm-hmm. is our uh, Twitter, and uh, I don't know, Jeremy. There could be a diehard, like a, a a big Edith Wharton fan. Yeah, listening. Yeah, where are my Winona heads at? Huh? Where are hey, they? Hey, here's something interesting. I was I was looking at our SoundCloud, uh, our SoundCloud uh, like listener. You can go and you can look at you know who. What episodes people are listening to lately? Okay, and our Resident Evil episodes <laughs> with 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 Mike with Michael Michael uh-huh. uh, Michael Bacaller are like the most pl- have been the most played every week for weeks. <laughs> Is there a new? Because um, those were fun episodes. Those great. Michael's awesome. Yeah, but I'm curious. Is there? Is there like a new Resident Evil thing happening, well, or there, what's the deal? There was a new movie that came out. Recently? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it was like in 2021. 
It came out in the theaters. People saw it. People liked it. Uh, I don't know if it is uh, good or not, but that's interesting that people are loving that Res Evil. Yeah. Uh, and I hope that these are not listeners that like really love those movies. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. We do kind of rip on them a lot. I just don't but... think that those people exist. I, what I think is that people, even the deepest fans of them, kind of understand. You know, right. you know what I mean? They kind of get it. They're like, not. they're not going to... They get it. Yeah, they're not going to... Yeah, they're not coming to... Man, I'm looking at some of these... Uh, I'm looking at some of our, um, our, our plays, our listens on SoundCloud, and it is funny. There's like, certain episodes do are do gangbusters and i'm like not sure why the three musketeers and pompeii challenge <laughs> did really well <laughs> maybe that's just like seo maybe that's just like oh there's two movies in the title of it right so we're getting people who want i don't know or or we just there's a lot of like really uh just people that want that are into like audio self-harm yeah that could that that could also be it but yeah i mean uh, I feel like people, you know, they're, they're cult favorites, I think, those movies, those Resident Evil movies. They're cult, more cult movies, you know? So it's like, and I don't, again, I don't, you know, think those, I, those are definitely not the problem with, uh, what's his name? Paul W.S. is definitely not the Resident <laughs> no. Evil stuff. That was, those were almost like a joy to watch compared to the other movies <laughs> he's made. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh Anyway, before, uh, so we should talk about our Patreon, yes. but before that, uh, the other thing that this podcast did, and I'm just going to start blatantly ripping off other podcasts here mm-hmm. uh, from now on. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they said, they told their listeners uh, that you can review them That's right. <laughs> on <laughs> Apple Music and I, or Apple Podcasts, and I'm pretty sure you can do it on Stitcher uh, as well. Yeah, you can't do it so on Spotify. So just go in there. Yeah, just go in there and even you don't even have to say anything. You can if it makes you type letters, just hit the space bar a few times. You don't <laughs> want to say anything. But make sure those stars are there's five of them and they're and they're glowing. Right. Uh, right. Cuz if if they're not if you're not going to give us five stars, don't leave us a review. But if you are, go ahead and leave that review. And you know what? Next step after that, Find a go to the website patreon.com slash Eric and Jeremy. Jeremy, tell the people what they'll find over there. Oh, you'll find a litany of bonus content from the creators of this show. We have done nothing but uh, good, solid American content over on that Patreon. Patreon.com slash Eric and Jeremy. We cover things like um, episodes of Tales from the Crypt from the 90s. We cover things like uh maybe have you ever thought i want to watch adam sandler movies but maybe just the ones where he only says one line in them we cover that so like coneheads the animal oh, you know uh, what was the other one we did <laughs> it was like um oh uh oh shakes the clown jeez louise yeah, shakes we, the clown. we watched shakes the clown for you people come on you gotta get over to that patreon it's great <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. No, we basically This is a good time. We we cover stuff for that community over there and then we also just cover bonus stuff for our mainline uh content and then we come up with fun theme months, you know, like Monkey Bone Vember, a whole month where we covered Monkey Bone for every single episode. It's a weekly podcast that you get bonus over there on Patreon and it's just I mean, come on. 
It's just a ton of fun. It's a great time over there, and uh, yeah, head on over. It's um, you know, Jeremy. I was thinking about uh, maybe I'll work on that this weekend. Is I was thinking about putting together a little like Eric and Jeremy Patreon sort of like starter subscription, where I can you know you pay a dollar and you get access to to a couple of our favorites. That would be good. And then good. you can decide. Yeah. yeah. You know. That would be good. I think D- it's I would like, like dipping that. your it's like dipping your iPod into the water. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Right, yeah. Before you just throw it in the ocean. Right. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, yeah, we definitely... I'm looking at our uh, uh, our Apple podcast reviews now, and I got to say, we got to get some more uh, reviews in here, my dude. We've only got, I think, six or five, <laughs> and they're from all of them for over a year ago. I'm pretty sure... Two of those are Brian on multiple accounts. Yeah, and one I of them imagine. is, and one of them is for sure me. And, then and so, one, one of them is me. I, don't we have like a one star review? Yeah, and then we do have a uh, one person left us a one star review, but no no comment, which is a bummer because it's always Darn. fun to hear why people hate your guts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's probably you know I've posted about the show on Reddit. It's probably one of these weir- Reddit weirdos. Oh sure, uh, sure. Which by the way, if you're if you uh, found us through Reddit, welcome. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, Jeremy, we are uh, back to, uh, we took a little hiatus from the uh, Scorsese and Sandler coverage uh, to cover uh, Paul, to cover, uh, uh, what's it called? The French Dispatch. French as well Dispatch, as, uh, Licorice Pizza. Licorice Pizza. Yes. Uh, we are back to Scorsese. What was the Scorsese that we did before this? Do you happen to remember? Was it uh, Cape Fear? Mm-hmm. That's right. Cape Fear. And uh, today we are talking uh, age, the age of innocence. Mm-hmm. Is it the age? It is the age. Or just age? It is the age. It is the dawning of the age of the innocence. Yes. Hair. <laughs> <laughs> So, <laughs> so what was your, uh, do you have any history with this movie at all? Not at all, but the, I, I do have a fu- an interesting factoid. I bought the Blu-ray, the Criterion Collection Blu-ray of The Age of the Innocents, um, probably about four or five months ago. Uh, maybe that's way too long. Whenever we started this podcast, this little Marty venture I, I bought the blu-ray and it's been sitting on my shelf this whole time and i've wanted to watch it several times but but saved it to watch special for this episode you know i bet this was a good blu-ray uh watch i mean i'll tell you this no matter what i think of the film it looks incredible like on blu-ray geez louise this movie looked like something it looked like it could have been shot yesterday Interesting. I yeah. I, uh, I I I would be lying if I said that the the format in which I watched it was was equally as you know, <laughs> uh, high def. Right. You watched it like However, on uh, on on YouTube, <laughs> like uh, yeah, on an out. iPod video. <laughs> the screen's broken. <laughs> um. Yeah. I. Uh, I, you know, I just watched it on my 
flat my plasma screen television. Your plasma but, screen. Uh, yeah, this is uh, this is a movie that I was. Uh, I guess I had like heard of the name of it, and I th- I I guess I always hearing this name thought of the book, which I had never read, <laughs> but I like knew the book existed. Uh, this movie to me, like I said, uh, there's a lot that's like kind of boring to me about it. There's a lot that I really like, so I'm really excited to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll say this, the story, <laughs> I love the ending. Mm-hmm. This story like is not great for me. <laughs> First of all, I don't like, like I, I'm very much past the point of like having any stake in like fictional characters' romances. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like rom, like romantic-based uh, films just don't do it for me anymore. And there was a time where something like I don't know, uh, for some reason, the movie Adventureland has come into mind. Where like mm. uh, you know, I could get invested in like a a, a love story kind of a thing, but. The Age of Innocence, my man. I mean, this is, it was uh, written by Edith Wharton, who, uh, from what I understand, uh, has done some, you know, some good things, uh, some charitable things, working for nonprofits and things. But she grew up in, like, with incredible wealth. Yeah. Like, and, like, traveled around the world and was just, like, very much high society. And writes the story that is uh, sort of in that it's about people like that, <laughs> people being like, like that. <laughs> in love with each other, just people of just incredible wealth and privilege, and they're like three of these people are like dealing with some weird love triangle thing, and I find it really hard to like sure care yeah sure. <laughs> Like, I almost, at a certain point, was kind of watching this movie as a comedy in a little bit, in a way, like, just the intensity with which Daniel Day-Lewis's character, like, cares about, and, and like, I I don't know. Well, that's interesting. Really intense. Yeah. And very theatrical. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not saying I didn't like it. I'm just saying, like... I don't know. There's something like different and weird about it that that I like, but the story is like not something that I cared about at all. I was <laughs> like, man, this person could get their heart broken so hard uh, and just feel miserable for the rest of their life, but they're still like one of the richest people in the world. Mm, mm-hmm. And I know that money isn't everything, but come on, man. <laughs> like, uh, you yeah. really expect me to care that much about these people's situation, like love triangle situation? Yeah, I, 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 it's so interesting what you're saying because it's it's so true. It's like, oh, I mean, there's there's a few. I mean, I would make a few addendums to some. Like, I would I would you know probably just caveat a couple of things you're saying with, in that it's a little more interesting than that. But for me, it was a very similar experience of just look. I I don't care about this and also there's a there's a privilege on top of what you're talking about which is these are both beautiful women and i'm sorry buddy but just pick one and and be done (laughs) 
just pick one, see how it goes, and then shut up. <laughs> like, right? Like, like, don't his yeah character is so funny. Like, yeah. at a certain point, he's Winona Ryder's character like gives him an out. Like, mm-hmm. straight up, like, if you want to go with that other lady, like, it's cool. <laughs> but he just insists on being like a weirdo about yeah. it. He's um, his character in this. I actually think is funny, like uh, intentionally. I think he's an intentionally pathetic character. So I don't think that you, I don't think it's like uh, you watching this as a comedy is like, like maybe like not what the filmmaker intended. I think it very much is funny and sad and pathetic. It's like kind of funny in a sad way, like how miserable this character is and how miserable he makes himself in such grand circumstances he's a guy who has everything he needs and nothing is good enough and he 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 pays the price the ultimate price which is misery because of it and i kind of feel like his character in this is not too unlike a character he'll play much later in life in a phantom thread um who's also this high society rich snobbish gentleman who is sort of pathetic and and um, uh, emasculated in so few words, right? In, in like emasculated yes. over the course of the film. And yes, uh, Daniel Day-Lewis plays a good version of that, a good version of a pathetic sort of wormy, squirmy little guy. Um, I think the only thing, though, stopping this movie from being just total mommy porn is the way that it's shot. <laughs> And the way that it looks, the camera movement, it's all pro stuff, right? Like, it's all like, it. this movie, I mean, you said you watched it on your plasma screen. I that's Maybe the colors didn't pop quite as vibrant as they did on my Blu-ray, but you noticed the technical mastery of the camera movement oh, yeah. and all that. Like, Really good yeah, stuff. Yeah, that stuff's all great. And then Daniel Day-Lewis's performance is, of course, great. And I think Michelle Pfeiffer actually does a really good job, too. Um, oh, yeah. As as perf- you know, performing these scenes, um, Winona Ryder I think struggles a little bit. Interestingly enough, she was the only one nominated for an Academy Award for her performance, so I don't know what was happening there. But um, I felt like Winona couldn't quite keep up with what was going on in the movie a little bit. Uh, but other than that. Yeah, I think that the movie just just has this sort of grocery store novel quality to it that I, I had a hard time just fully like investing in. And I t- I'll tell you this too, I like this time period okay. You know, like I, I, I can I can watch stuff that's set in this time. Um, mm. because and I'll tell you what I like about it is the puzzle element of it because it's a different kind of culture it's a different time and there are different rules so i like you like seeing a plot that is uh you know the plot's sort of informed by the rules of the society and needing to stay in line and toe the line and oh did when he took off his cufflinks was that a was that a horrible egregious <laughs> was that like a <laughs> slapping a person in the face equivalent back then you know uh, i like trying to figure all that stuff out for the sake of a narrative you know it's almost like watching science fiction or something for me um but same thing with any period piece you know you're watching something from ancient rome and you're like 
Oh, he he tore at his uh, he he tore at his hair. That must have meant he was really sad. Interesting, you know. If there's something anthropological about watching this, you know, up against the backdrop of a story, um, where you're like, okay, right. those are interesting rules. But other than other than that, other than just like a sort of a historical curiosity, again, I just I don't know, I don't know how to fix this story. I just personally. You know, not that I'm Martin Scorsese, but I wouldn't have picked this particular story to tell in this era. Um, and, you know, I don't think the film did particularly... Well, it it did very well at the box office, but I don't think it did particularly well with the critics. I don't think everyone was on board with Scorsese telling a story like this. Um, but anyway... Yeah, it's an interesting choice, uh, and I guess, oh, well, I just had something. Oh, here we go. So that kind of segues into this, and and, and this is a, 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 the film was recommended to, to, to Scorsese by Jay Cox, who uh, gave him the novel in 1980, suggesting that this should be the romantic piece Scorsese should film, and Cox felt it best represented his sensibility. Uh, Jay Cox, we will uh, will come up again later. He wrote Silence and Gangs of New York, and I think those are the other the other Scorseses that he wrote. Uh, and Martin Scorsese, on the in the, uh, along those same lines, said, although the film deals with New York. Uh, aristocracy and a period of New York history that has been neglected. And although it deals with code and ritual and with love that that's not unrequited, but unconsummated, which pretty much covers all the themes I usually deal with. When I read the, read the book, I didn't say, Oh good. All those themes are here. (laughs) (laughs) So (laughs) it checked all the boxes, I, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah. In so many words, but uh, yeah, this was filmed in uh, Troy, New York. Those, I guess, those opera scenes that were filmed at the Philadelphia Academy of Music in Philadelphia, Pensi- Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, where we have traveled to in order to record this podcast. Jeremy, I gotta say, the acoustics in here are incredible. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> I agree, 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 agree. Um, it's just a little fully work for you. I um, did find that element of the film fascinating, that this feels like a movie that should be taking place in England, and it's actually in New York. And New York, by the way, anytime you see an exterior of New York, it looks terrible. <laughs> New York looks like it's been bombed out um, because I think it's just a new country. <laughs> yeah. So it's like yeah. nothing is there yet. Like you see the outside of those houses and it was just like one giant house and then like a little while, a few what miles away, another giant house and no grass and everything was dirt around it and some roads and that was it. And it's just like, <laughs> it, like you say like they're, they have all this wealth, but it's like this movie may, really made me go like, gosh, wealth really doesn't matter. Like who cares? It's just like, you know, they have to live in this time period, which is like a disaster. Yeah. It's like modern medicine doesn't exist. They'll probably die young just because, you know. Um, in fact, Winona Ryder does die very young in this movie. Um, yeah, it's just like, what a nightmare. I wish that when they did exteriors, it would be like these characters from this time period, but they 
when they go out into New York, it's like king of comedy New yeah. York. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I'm walking here. People are like screaming, <laughs> get your pantaloons yeah. out of my cab. Uh, yeah. So anyway, uh, let's dig into some of the weird trivia. Oh, I'm sure there's a uh, lot of we, weird that trivia. That we like to find. Uh... Sir Daniel Day-Lewis checked into the Plaza Hotel as an archer and lived there for two weeks wearing clothes suitable to film uh, to his film character as a research for Newland Archer. Yeah. This is his deal where he needs to be addressed as the character and, you know, he wears all the clothes as the character. When he met Scorsese, he he showed up as Newland Archer. Um, Pretty... I mean, he's always so impressive to me. I, I don't know. How do you feel about method acting, though, Eric? Uh, I I think it's cool whenever it's, you know, to an extent. I mean, as long as it's not annoying, I guess. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, as long as it's not uh, inconveniencing people or you're just like, I don't know. I Like, I don't necessarily know that uh, it's for the best for someone to get super method into a character that's like a terrible human being. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I don't know that that would necessarily be great, but yeah, I don't know. Um, I mean, it clearly works for Daniel Day-Lewis. I'm trying to look up. So Daniel Day-Lewis had been pretty established at this point, but I'm trying to look up like what came out right before this that would have been his... Last of the Mohicans. Yeah. I suppose. Right. <clears throat> yeah, this is during uh, a time when yeah. when he was working. Like he was working films, you know, he was actually in films like every couple of years, you know, a new Daniel Day Lewis movie would come out. Um I can't remember the film is it Gangs Gangs of New York, I know, brought him out of retirement the first time. Um but I can't remember the, f- the, yeah. Oh, I guess it was following his performance in The Boxer, Daniel Day-Lewis retired. So that's in 97. Mm. So he's he he retires in 97. He comes back for games, Gangs in New York and then retires again after the, the Phantom Thread. Interesting. You know, I'm going to start retiring for a few years at a time. <clears throat> yeah. I'm going to just come back. He does he does some pretty good um yeah, he it's it's crazy. You know, it's it's like when Daniel Day-Lewis is in a movie, he's like probably going to win an Academy Award for it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like like it's just like probably going to happen. It's such a weird thing with him where he's just so good. It's like he'll definitely be nominated, but he'll he might even win, you know? Like uh like 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 what am I looking at here? Like There'll be blood, he won. Lincoln, he mm-hmm. won. Phantom Thread nominated. 9 nominated Gangs of New York. Did he win for Gangs of New York? I kind of can't remember, but anyways, he's just yeah. Just everything he does, it's like it's like it's like it's like a I don't know, it's like almost like you know how Kubrick every movie 
he made, whether you like it or not, is like such a big deal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um that's kind of how I feel about him. So uh hold on a second here. The film. Oh yeah, I was curious about this because at the end of the before the the end credits, there's a dedication to Charles Scorsese, who is uh, Marty's father. Uh, I guess I guess Charles died just before the film was completed. Uh, he and his wife Catherine uh, have cameo appearances in the scene at the station. I didn't recognize him, in, or I didn't notice in this in this movie. Usually, I recognize the the Scorsese parents. I know. I, in didn't, the films. I didn't either. Um, but I did, I did notice that, that the, yeah, the film is dedicated to Luciano Charles Scorsese. Yes. Um, hmm. So I guess Scorsese, uh, held off on releasing the film for a year mm-hmm. to, for, for editing. Right. This was a. Uh, I think this was a kind of a, a bigger deal back in back then, or like this was a more publicized thing. Like people, this is one of the film. The film is sort of known for that. Like, like people were like, "Oh, it's coming out ninety two and then it got delayed, and I, you know, because Scorsese was still working on it. Um, I guess that there was a lot of like entertainment weekly stuff being written about him and that and has he lost it has he lost control Mm. of the film you know stuff like that so this is the kind of uh trivia entry where we say you know what maybe it's time to just start talking about the plot (laughs) Uh, sure winona Ryder had written a book report in ninth grade on this very novel what do you think of that really i mean this is a pretty notable. <laughs> I mean, this is a pretty well-known book. That's funny cuz I never um I never uh read it. You know. So, yeah. I don't know. Well. Uh plot. Yes. Edit. Plot. <laughs> In 1870s New York City, uh gentleman lawyer Newland Archer is planning to marry the respectable young May Welland. Newland. Uh, Hello, Newland. Yes. Most this is a great name. Most good, Newland. Most good. Uh, May's cousin, the American heiress, Countess Ellen Olenska, mm. has returned to New York after a disastrous marriage to a dissolute Polish count. Yes. Man, Hot to trot. Nothing <laughs> Nothing grinds my gears more than a dissolute Polish cow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, ne- we never meet this guy, which I think is pretty interesting. We never meet the uh, the old husband, but it, it's it's the way this film is set up. It's so funny. I, I found myself laughing out loud at just how like virginal and and pure as the driven snow Winona Ryder's character is, and then when you see <laughs> Michelle Pfeiffer, she's like. Da, na, 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 na. She's like wearing yeah. like red and has a red lip and is just like, oh, yes. Hello, Newland. We we used to go swimming together as children. Maybe we should see each other naked again someday. She's like very <laughs> clearly flirting with him out in the open. Yeah. Like he, she, it's just so funny how 
different these are. Uh, one is the Madonna, and one is the uh, whatever the opposite of a Madonna is. <laughs> yeah, she's cool. Uh, it, her character is great. I, it, you know, the, it is kind of interesting. I will say, you know, as much as I don't like this story and uh, sort of the background of it, I, I, I do like it is kind of interesting that this time period and and Maywell and or. A Countess Ellen Olenska's situation of being, you know, uh, ostracized for doing for acting in a way that is like extremely normal now, and like maybe we shouldn't ostracize women or anyone for, you know, having failed relationships or whatever. Um, well, right. I mean, yeah. I guess the movie yeah. is 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 not not about that. You know, it's kind yeah. of about that. It's like. You know, he has to explain to her the rule because she's also from Europe, right? So she's like, or France, Francais. So she's kind of like, you know, I just don't understand it over here. Why do I have to, I have to wear clothes and and not slaughter animals in the street? And he's like, yes, yes, you can't. They'll they'll hate you for it. You know, um, I don't know. It's definitely uh, definitely weird and bizarre that they that. To think of a time so pent up and repressed. Yeah. I wonder if they could even podcast back then. <laughs> it would be on wax, how how we prefer to, <laughs> to podcast. <laughs> Acetate. Uh, Jeremy, next we are... Uh, oh, by the way, what do you think of... Uh, I guess, what do you think of just this setup? What do you think of this... Uh, whole opera situation that they're at. It's interesting. It's I I, I really like how they're they're kind of like we see these uh, these people you know in their uh, sort of I don't know what what you would call I guess these balcony seats of this opera and the show is going on, but the show that they're kind of watching they're kind of like watching the people and they're watching what's going on with uh, well those gentlemen know. they're watching the ladies. Yeah. Yes. Um, what do you think of, uh, I guess, this whole kind of setup? Because I thought, I, I thought this was a pretty good introduction yeah. to like these characters and what we're going to get. Y- yeah, it's great. It's great. It's really good. I Yeah, I, lo- I, lo- I like it a lot. I think it's, um, I think that I love it, in fact. I, 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 the only thing I, yeah, we'll get into it. But the, I, I love the way it's set up. I love the ending. The only problem, the problem I have is with the long, long, long middle. And I feel like, to be honest with you, I feel like the story repeats itself a few times. And that was kind of frustrating because I was like, I was like, I was like thinking I, I was like, what did I, I was like, I was like, I've already seen this. Something we've already seen this happen already. Didn't we already, didn't this already happen? You know what I mean? Like that was the kind of Mm. vibe I was. So anyway, all that to say, I, I did like the beginning. I think it's set up. You know, the only thing I don't like about this movie is Daniel Day-Lewis's character, he eats a couple times, but he's not in none of the scenes is he eating a Welsh rarebit. That's right. <laughs> I'll take one. Which Welsh I think he rabbit. should now he should be forced to eat a Welsh rarebit in every movie. Especially him. Uh at first she is ostracized by society and vicious rumors are spread, but as Mary uh, as May's family boldly stands by the countess she is gradually accepted by the very finest of New York's old families. 
the Countess is snubbed at one social party uh, arranged by her family, but with the help of Archer, she is able to make a comeback at an event being hosted by the wealthy Vander Lydens. Hmm. Yeah, all this stuff was just so cringy to me. Like the idea of your whole like reputation had financial stakes in it, you know? Yeah. Like it just seemed exhausting. Honestly, it kind of gave me some tr- UCB flashbacks. Where <laughs> 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 I was just like, ugh. Like to to think your career depended on if you went to birds that night, you know what I mean? Like, uh, kind of the similar thing here where it's like, your, your standing in society means so much. So you kind of need the help of this jackass Daniel day Lewis to help (laughs) you get in good standing with the old white folks just made me sick. I was like, ugh, that's not a way to live, Eric. Yeah. It's weird. Tis weird. Uh, there she makes the acquaintance of one of New York's established financiers, Julius Beaufort, who has a reputation for risky affairs and dissipated habits. You know, I have a reputation for risky affairs. You do? Yeah. I. Uh, <laughs> no further explanation needed. <laughs> today, you know what? Today I spilled a uh, hot chicken. A piece of hot chicken on my bare foot. Interesting. And, uh, got a pretty good burn there. <laughs> Quite risky. Very risky. I knew it was hot too, but I, you know, <laughs> refused to wear socks Love in this. the kitchen. Love this. Uh, he he begins to openly flirt with the countess, b- uh, both in public and in private. Archer prematurely announces his engagement to May. Uh, but as he comes to know the Countess, he begins to appreciate her unconventional views on New York society, and he becomes increasingly disillusioned with his new fiance May and her innocence, lack of personal opinion, and sense of self. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I like... This is kind of the point in the movie where I was like, man, this guy is like... Yeah. Being so annoying about this. Yeah. He's he's it's struggling hard and you're just kind of But like, I did it why? I'm I don't really I couldn't figure out like why he even cared about May in the first place. Yeah. Cuz there's not even really a point in the movie like even at the beginning of the movie where it seems like he's at all interested in her. No, really. no, he doesn't seem interested in her. I mean, the very, very beginning he does, but then almost pretty quickly he gets very, like that scene on the couch with Michelle Pfeiffer, that's the scene where Ellen and Newland really hit it off. And I think that scene is very well done. It's very special. And they talk about conveniences and customs. And they also, they flirt so deeply and look at that point at there's a point in this when he starts to kind of go for her and it's frustrating that he doesn't just sort of you know be open to ellen about his feelings and be like look i know i'm betrothed to this woman here but i kind of have feelings for you what what about you you know what i mean like he doesn't really handle this well at all and then he yeah, 
And then and then you see him like continually lie to May. It, like none of it made a lot of sense. And it's like he's cheating, but he's not really cheating because of course they never actually um uh boink, you know. But it I don't know. It's like it's like it, it, although I will say like being annoyed with the character doesn't make the character bad necessarily. And I do think no. He's kind of executing very well on the on the promise of this character being a kind of a sniveling little rat guy. Yeah. 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 And like I said, it did like it kind of he kind of just became really funny to me yes, after, yes. after a while. Actually, when I started watching the movie with like the idea in my head of like, oh, it's okay to actually like laugh at this even though it's maybe not a comedy. Uh you had more fun. I, I I warmed up to it more. Yeah, yeah. I, I liked it a lot more. Right. Um, not laughing at it, but laughing. Well, with, sort of laughing at it. Well, yeah. laughing at the character, laughing with the film. Like like I I watched because of course the Blu-ray had enough interviews and bonus. There's an interview that's Danny Day Lewis interviewing <laughs> Scorsese <laughs> when oh, really? when the movie came out. Yeah, and they both. First of all, it's very cute because they're both in love with each other. So they're like really getting a good kick out of this conversation together. And on top of that, Daniel Day-Lewis and and Marty are laughing at Newland's character. Like in the conversation, they're like, he's just such a little baby they're like they're like just like they're laughing at him because part of the comedy of the of the film too or, or one of the ironic parts of the film is that he thinks he's being sneaky but everyone in town knows exactly what he's doing including his wife may they all know he's just bl- openly hitting on this girl and she's openly flirting with him back <laughs> so it like it's just stupid you know yeah um there was a certain point in this movie where I thought like one of one of the lady characters calls Daniel Day Lewis cousin mm-hmm. or something. Like there was a certain point in this movie where I was like, "Wait, are all are these are they all cousins? Are they all related?" Because <laughs> <laughs> well, according to the Wikipedia, May and uh, Ellen. Yes, cousins. they're cousins. Well, she and, and but Ellen, there's some dialogue in the movie where I I, could, I was like, are these all these people related? Well, they, some of so them are. A, Ellen calls uh, Daniel D. Lewis cousin even a couple of times because technically he's going to be her cousin. You know? Oh, that's it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. There was a, a period of the movie where I thought I was watching some weird like incest <laughs> triangle. Well, when you're watching something from that far back you kind of are, you know, like yeah. it's hard to escape, but incest was big time stuff <laughs> back then. <laughs> yeah. Incest was big back then. Yeah. It was real big. Uh, Popular. <laughs> yeah. Now we have TikTok. back then. They had, they had incest. Uh, after the countess announces her intention of divorcing her husband, Archer Supports her desire for freedom, but he feels compelled to act on behalf of the family and persuade the Countess to remain married. When Archer realizes that he has unwittingly uh, been falling in love with the Countess, he abruptly leaves the next day to be reunited with May and her parents, who are in Florida on vacation. Uh, Archer asks May to shorten their engagement, but May becomes suspicious and asks him if his hurry to get married is prompted by the fear that he is marrying the wrong person. Archer reassures May that he is in love with her. Uh, this is this is a good scene, by the way. This is good, like 
dialogue and mm-hmm. a, a good dialogue between Daniel Day Lewis and Winona Ryder. You talking about in the what is it the Arboretum place? Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Some of my favorite scenes, by the way, are, and we get a few of these, is we get some sort of like fireside chats. <laughs> and those are the best, man. He Scorsese went heavy on the fire crackling sounds. Yeah. When they get dude. close to the fire, and it's it works so well, dude. And there's, there's one in particular, and I think it's uh, much earlier in the film, between uh, Newland and Ellen, where they're like... They're like in the dark. They're like talking in the dark. Mm, and you're mm-hmm. just seeing their lit up faces talking to one another. And there's like a fire crackling and stuff. Man, that's. I was getting some weird like ASMR from that or something. Dude, I really love the uh, the way this movie looks. You know? Like, I think it looks great. And I think all that. Um, it also looks a lot different than you think it's going to look. Like, it looks way more like warm tones. And like you said. Uh, fire lit scenes and and whatnot. Like uh, I I'm I don't know. I really admire the craft that went into this movie. You know it, it's got Barry Lyndon vibes a little bit. Yeah. Speaking of Barry Lyndon, I was reading this interview about how um, Scorsese. So as far as the lighting goes, Scorsese was actually uh, intrigued by the you know how how a uh, What's his name? Kubrick, Kubrick used candlelight, right, in Barry Lyndon, right, uh, to light scenes. Uh, so, so uh, Scorsese wanted to do something similar. So, actually, all of the interior shots in Age of Innocence are lit by sparklers. <laughs> 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 At what point did you think that that was uh, going to be a bit? I did not. I thought this whole time I was like, okay, yeah, this makes sense. This is, act- of course, yeah, he would definitely saw Barry Lyndon. Of course, he probably was inspired. <laughs> so you got me. Anyway, uh, <laughs> after uh, Archer reassures May that he is in love with her, when back in New York, Archer calls on the Countess and admits that he is in love with her. But a telegram arrives from May announcing that her parents have pushed forward. Uh, the wedding date after their wedding and honeymoon Archer and May settled down uh, to married life in New York over time Archer's memory of the Countess fades when the Countess returns to New York to take care of her grandmother suddenly she announces her intention to return to Europe Mm. May throws a farewell party for the Countess and after the guests leave May announces to Archer that she is pregnant and that she told the Countess this news to her Two weeks earlier. Yeah, man. I love this part of the movie, actually. This is like one of my favorite scenes is the tension in the room, the unspoken tension in the room between these two where she, they both know the truth, but they're not saying it. They're dancing around it a lot. Yeah. And And we don't like we, yeah, they're not saying the truth. It's great how like how well you can just imply it. What what like what's going on is implied, you know. Gosh, yeah. I was like, oh damn! Like nobody has said the word like pregnant at all, right? But we all know what's going and on. And also, no one said like Daniel Day Lewis is not saying that he's bummed about her leaving. He's just kind right. of like he's like, why? And then she's like, well, I don't know. She's got to go home. And he's like, 
okay. Uh, you know, he's like, like everyone's just being so, <laughs> ca- you know, everyone's like being so coy about what what's going on. And, and like, that's what makes the, okay, so we'll get to the end here pretty soon. But I think that even makes the ending more powerful. Um, but we'll, I'll, we'll get to it once, uh, once we cross that threshold. Yes, the years pass. Archer is 57 and has been a dutiful, loving father and faithful husband. Uh, the Archers have had three children. Uh, May has died of infectious pneumonia, and Archer mourned her in earnest. Uh, Archer's engaged son, Ted, persuades him to travel to Paris. Ted has arranged them to visit Countess Olenska there. Archer has not seen her in over 25 years. Uh, yeah, 25 years. Ted confides to his father that May had confessed on her deathbed that she knew we were safe with you and always would be. Because once, when she asked you to, you gave up the one thing you wanted most. Archer responds, she never asked me. Yeah. Uh, that evening outside the Countess' apartment, Archer sends his son alone to visit her. Sitting outside in the courtyard, he recollects their time together and slowly walks off. Yeah, that's, I gotta say... They really do nail it in the end, don't they? I love this ending, dude. Yeah. This ending, like, it, it like, captures a, a, a feeling that I think maybe we all know to some extent, and, and just, it's great, man. It's just really good, and it's just a really, I just love an alternative to, like, a happy ending. You know what sure. I mean? Sure, it, sure. Especially in a story like this where you're like, that's well, probably where it's going to end up. Right. And it's. <laughs> Yeah. I like I I liked it, man. It's it's it it hit home for me. Yeah, it really did. Yeah, for sure. I also think that the um, like the the whole line he says where she never asked me. You know, at first I kind of was like, "What's he talking about? Like, what? Why is he saying that? You know what I mean? Like, it's a weird thing to to repeat twice. You know, to say. Um, but you know, after thinking about it more, I. I I think what he's trying to say is like, I wish we had been straight with each other. Like, I wish we had actually talked about this because she's right. Like in doing what she did, she was basically asking him, you know, do you want to stay with me or do you want to go follow your dreams? Basically. And she's like kind of bringing this to his attention, bringing the situation to his feet and he says he doesn't and then and then by him accepting and like staying with her and raising the family and not chasing after what he wanted his answer was clearly yes but it was never spoken out loud it was always just done under the surface and i think like by him saying she never asked me is him lamenting that they never really had honesty between them and i and i think that the film is maybe trying to say something about because of the culture that they were brought up in that they weren't really it would be impolite or inappropriate even for a married couple to be that forthright with each other i don't know that was my reading of it but um what did you come away with in that ending well part of it i did think it was kind of funny because <laughs> part of it i was like oh man we went through all that and he's and he's like got his chance to like you know go up and you know his 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 wife's dead there's nothing blocking his 
You know, he's there's no there's no there's no roadblocks in the way here, and he's just like, nah. And then the movie ends. I think that that's kind of funny, but also there is something relatable about like this guy was just like so passionate about this, you know, like woman or whatever, uh, and things didn't work out. And then years later, he's got this chance to kind of like pick things up where they left off. And there's this kind of like, to me, there was almost this kind of like acknowledgement of like time has kind of like slipped away and like, it's not, it's it's probably best to just leave leave it where it left off. You know what I mean? After so many years, where you're probably doing more harm than good by right. trying to reopen that door, and uh, I don't know. That's kind of what it was what what it was for me, and it kind of reminded me of a situation or two in my life. Yeah. That, uh, it was just one of those endings where I was like, "Damn, captured a feeling," and I think it I think it's cool when any story can do can do that. Uh, yeah, so what do you think, uh, as far as Chucky Freckles go? You oh, got four of them to give. Right. Um, let's see here. I'm so not confident with my feelings. I got to look at my other scores. Let's see. <laughs> uh, well, you gave Shakes the Clown four out of four. I, <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see here. Um, I Okay. I'm going to give this film a ooh. So I I like this movie. I don't love this movie. This is definitely not one of my favorites we've covered. Um I think I'm going to give it a 2.5. Yeah, I'm going to give it a 2.5. I think I I don't like it as much as 51st Dates <laughs> or Big Daddy. I like it as much as The Water Boy. I think that's a good <laughs> This movie is like got yeah. the Water Boy score of 2.5. Um Yeah, it's to me this this film what's keeping it from being a great film I think is the st- all the stuff you mentioned up top. Um the inaccessibility of it the sort of, you know, uh, the the privilege of it all. The I think the middle really takes a huge snooze. Um, mm. You know, there are some great stuff in there along the way, of course, but it does it does kind of get long in the tooth. I think they repeat a couple beats. Like I didn't need him to have that whole scene where he goes over to her house and runs into the guy there. I don't even know why that scene Mm -hmm. was in there. You know, there's just stuff that I think could have been cut. Um, but that being said, it's hard to give a film like this of this caliber, anything lower than a 2.5 by merit of, how good it looks, the craft involved, like the, the the performances, the costume design. Like that's something we didn't really get into, but they won an Oscar for the costume design. It's incredible looking. It's incredible looking costume design. Um, yeah. So I'm glad Scorsese, you know, he tried something. He tried to make a film outside of his wheelhouse. I think it was to medium success. Um, 
But uh, yeah, that that's my score, two point five. What about you, Eric? Uh, yeah, this is a movie that uh, I don't know. I appreciate I, I appreciate a uh, you know a, a Scorsese that kind of where he does something different. I I always appreciate that. This isn't really my kind of movie, um, but I there is a lot that I really liked about about it. I love the performances. Uh, I think the cinematography is fantastic. Uh, don't like the story. Really like the ending, but I don't know. This is a, um, probably not a movie I'll necessarily, maybe I'll see it again one day, but I don't know. I I don't know if I see myself actively going out of my way to watch this one again, maybe, but I don't know. It's kind of like, this is one of those ones where I'm like, I don't want to go too hard on it, but I really don't, I didn't enjoy it that much. Right. But I also understand that it's, there's a lot technically going on here that I think is really great. I I guess maybe a 2.25 out of four. There you go. Is what I'll do. And you know what? I'll lower mine to (laughs) (laughs) 2.25. Great. (laughs) And you know what? I'm also going to lower 51st Dates to 2.5. I don't know why it's at 2.75. That seems pretty high. <laughs> yeah, wow. You were pretty stoked on 51st Dates. I guess so, my guy. And actually, I'm going to lower New York, New York to 2.5 as well. I don't know why that was 2.75 either. Neither of those movies are as good as Big Daddy. Are you kidding? Yeah. Oh, no. Big Daddy. You know, Big Daddy. Wait, what did you give Big Daddy? Big a Daddy four? has a 2.75. Which oh, okay. I think is correct, but there are other movies like New York, New York that had two point seven five, and Fifty First Dates that had two point seven five, and I'm kind of looking back like I don't like those movies as much as Big Daddy. Yeah, I would agree with that. I, you know, I wish I had my Big Daddy score, but I uh, you deleted the it. The great, the great <laughs> file loss of twenty twenty one. You could always go back and just try to rescore them. Maybe that's what I'll do. Maybe that's what I'll do. Uh, that that'll probably take way less time than It's probably a more actually... fair score than you gave it in the moment because you've had time to like think. Right. Like yeah, maybe I shouldn't have given Boxcar Birth a a 4 out of 4. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, what were you thinking? Honestly, that was crazy. I think you were just excited <laughs> that we started the podcast. <laughs> it was the first movie I'd ever seen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Going Overboard and Boxcar Bertha both got ones. <laughs> Just pretty funny. Well, Jeremy, next week we are back on our Sandman. Uh, and we are going to be talking Spanglish with some exciting guests. Uh, it's going to be a great episode, so stay tuned for that. And uh, and then after that, of course, we'll be getting back to some Scorsese. If you're interested in hearing some of the more uh, supplemental Scorsese content, we are about to record a Patreon episode uh, on New York stories. Uh, and we will be discussing that. That's going to be on the Patreon, patreon.com slash Eric and Jeremy. Sign up there for five bucks a month. You can cancel anytime. You got several years worth of content over there to, to listen to uh and it's a great time like we said jeremy anything else you want to plug no way jose norma i'll see you in my dreams mm-hmm.